So here's the main challenge you face. How can professional service providers like attorneys, dentists, financial advisors, doctors, architects, and CPAs, how can they beat their competitors, attract more clients, and grow their practices without working 80 hours a week and spending a fortune in the process? That's the question, and this podcast will provide you with the answers. Welcome to Marketing of the Minds podcast, hosted by Nathan Hawks and Terry Hansen. Hey, 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 welcome back, everybody, to the Marketing of the Minds podcast. Great to be with you guys once again. Special welcome to the patron saints of Idaho, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, and uh, my good friend and founder and president of Arcane Marketing, Nathan Hawks, who's an award-winning digital marketer and uh, was actually awarded this year down in Las Vegas with what award? Tell us what that was. Uh, it's, it was just a, an award given to the top 100 leaders in digital marketing. Okay. Okay. But remind me of the organization. It was a, some acronym. It was called MARSUM. It stands okay. for Marketing and Advertising and Retail Summit. Summit. Okay. Very good. Well, uh, that's a tremendous honor. And, uh, so one of the top 100 digital marketers, you guys get to sit with one of the top 100 digital marketers in the country right here. Nathan Hawks. I was probably number 100 or 99. I'm sure you were. Well, Hey, you're in the 100. So that's great stuff. <laughs> It's great to be back with you guys today. As you guys know, we dedicate uh, a, a block of our time, one hour every every single week to you to answer the questions that you have all across the country as you guys are running your professional services uh, businesses, you're working hard in the trenches, serving your clients, your customers, and um, it's natural to run into problems, run into questions, run into challenges that you'd like to get some coaching, some advice, and some support on. So that is why we are together today. So without further ado, Nate, are you ready for the first question that comes from Alex, who is an insurance agent in Tampa Bay, Florida? Are you ready? Do it. Okay, excellent. So uh, Alex's question today is, how can I get more traffic to my website? This is a great thing to focus on these days. Um, there are, uh, there's probably no more important topic that we can focus on than how, how do you get more of your dream customers to come to your website? What say you, what say I, well, the truth is, is that it's a really broad question. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in, in fact, there are, there are things that come to my mind first, but, but the reality is that there's hundreds of ways and. And I won't even be able to name them all. Right. Otherwise, we might be here till really late tonight and we'd lose most of our audience before then. <laughs> but uh, but digital marketing wise, digital marketing wise. So I, I do want to point out one thing. You know, there's this there's always been this battle between I, I'd even call it a, a old school guys versus kind of the the younger generation. I don't know, maybe I'm in the middle. I don't know where we stand, Terry, but, but some of the old school guys who are used to things like, and and I kind of chuckle, but like yellow pages and newspaper print ads and magazines, billboards, TV, radio, TV and radio, right? Things we would consider traditional media. The reality is, is that those things still work and, but not to the degree because that's not where people's attention is primarily. And, and you have to remember, so an important point that I wanted to make about how to get traffic to your website is that there are two methodologies in general. Traditional media goes off of what we call push marketing. It's an idea that you're going to be disruptive in some message, hoping to catch people at the moment of impulse at the right time, right? So I mean, you're a carpet company and you're trying to advertise on the radio. Most people would just kind of tune it out, not even remember that they're listening to it. 
But if you do need some carpet or if you have the idea, then you might listen in and, yeah. and who knows what percentage of people that is or exactly. So, so, so those ideas, right? The beauty of, and by and large, not always, but by and large, most digital marketing tends to be poll marketing because there are very statistic, very specific things that you're trying to go after. And the idea behind poll marketing is that when people are looking for information about something that they're able to go search and when they're ready to and open to finding the information it's there and or making a decision, they find the answer that they need. Bingo. And, and that's one of the reasons why search engine marketing is such a big deal. And, uh, and uh, look, I'll say it, you'll, you'll hear people, uh, discredited as much as you can search engine marketing. Is it it's peak now of where it's ever been? It's not done growing. It, it's going to be around a long time. You guys, so mm -hmm. pay attention. Search engine marketing absolutely matters. So, um, so my answer on this in, in particular will revolve a little bit more around the, the search engine marketing, Okay, but, but there's other pieces that I want to, to bring up. So the first thing that you want to bring website to your traffic, I would argue that you need to ask yourself the, the question, where does it all begin is what is it specifically that you want to accomplish? What, what, what's the goal? Because if you don't have that goal outlined and you just start going through the motions and doing things, I don't know that it's going to be as rewarding. It might feel like you're not hitting the audience that you're not getting the traction that you want. Maybe it's a little bit like working out, right? If you go and you just kind of generally work out all of your muscles and, or kind of do some things and others, and some days you go for an hour and some days you go for 10 minutes, how do you know what's working or what, what's not working? And mm. after a couple of months of not seeing some either drop in weight or some bulking in your muscles, do you get frustrated and give up? You probably get discouraged a little bit. Sure. So, so the idea is what do you want to accomplish? And I, you know, we, we had this conversation a little while ago, Terry, about, uh, and it's not a new conversation, but there's, for the most part, there's two kinds of audiences out there, two mentalities. There's more for sure, but sure. two real big broad categories if we're at a 10,000 mm -hmm. foot view. And that is that you have those who are looking for information. They want to learn. They're, they're just trying to be notified about something. They have some curiosity. And so we call those the researcher or the scrollers, people who are just looking right now. And, and, uh, and, and it might be the beginning of a, a customer journey, right? The top end of a funnel, yeah. they, they're asking questions, something catches their mind. Uh, and so they're just looking and there are places that they can be looking. It's not always just in Google. It could be in Facebook. It could be in Instagram. It could be in TikTok. You know, people can search hashtags. So, uh, the second group. So the first group is a researcher. The second group is the buyer. And they're the people who know what they want. They've been at least mildly or moderately educated and they're ready to make a decision on something. And if you can do a good enough job in asking for their sale or for their, for them to participate and engage, uh, if you do a good, a better job, let's say than most people, then you probably get to earn that customer. And so what is it that, that helps, I would say either one of those two categories. And I would say that there's a, there's a handful of things, but the things I want to focus on or the things I want to mention in this aren't just you could go hire an agency and they can do a lot of things for you. Arcane marketing does a ton of this kind of stuff, right? People pay us really well to, to make things happen. And then they see great results and then they're like, Oh, well, that's fantastic. And sometimes there's things that we do and they're like, we, we could have done that. Sure. But you paid us to do it. Yep. So 
let's pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about some of those things that you can do. And, uh, and maybe you do some of it yourself. Maybe you look for an agency to get some help, whether it's arcane marketing or, or anybody else, these are good points to, to take note on and bring up. So I think the first one is produce content. That's the number one issue that we face with any client hands down across the board, nobody. And I mean, even clients have been with us for five or six years still, they don't have enough content. So remember from uh, previous episodes, or if you haven't heard content can really, uh, mean one of three things. Do you remember what they are, Terry? Absolutely. Content is uh, either video based, it is written word based, or it is audio based. That, or it could even be uh, image based. Correct. That's it. Correct. So word based or text images and video. Those, that's mm -hmm. when we talk about content, any mm -hmm. of those things can apply here because any of those things are things that people will be using to gather information or learn or listen to, etc. So, uh, in text, how, how, where are places that you need to place text? I would argue that one of the very, the very first place that you need to make sure is, is, is uh, organized and uh, articulated as well as you can is your website. Website is home base. It's the foundation. That's where you can control the messaging. You don't have distracting pieces. Uh, anything you can say you should, and anything you can articulate period should be done on your website. And, and one of the pieces of mentality that I think that is hard for a lot of people to get past is that they want to do just enough. Um, just enough doesn't really get you by these days good quality information is what brings you to the status quo. That's what brings it so that you're competitive. So don't forget that just some information that's thin, just it, it's nice, but that's all it is. It's nice. It's not really going to yeah. accomplish the goals you want. Um, so producing videos, adding images, all of that matters. Do it, do it. Cause you're not doing enough. I don't care who you are. You haven't done enough. That, that's pretty simple. I can, <laughs> I can yep. say that. Yep. Um, and, and something that might be a little harder for most people, but isn't as hard as people might think is it's really easy to, uh, add value to the content you write by working on link building and link acquisition and citation building. So some people like, uh, Alex, you know, you're a, a local insurance agent, local citations matter because people might be searching for something like cheapest car insurance near me or in Tampa Bay or, uh, looking for home insurance in Tampa or life insurance or health insurance, whatever kind of insurance is that you're in. Um, you can build links and content and citations around that citations will really, really help you with, uh, a drawing links to your website, but also add value to your, what we've talked about in the past nap consistency and nap NAP stands for name, address, and phone number. So that the name and address and phone number is spelled are valid exactly the same across all these different places to validate the consistency, right? Uh, if you need some help, kind of like a, I don't want to call it cheating, but a way to help, um, speed up some of your citation link building, uh, use, there's a four of them that are just kind of the top of my mind. Yext, a really great resource. You have to understand that for every location you put into Yext runs somewhere in the neighborhood of like. 38 or, or 50 bucks per month per location. And, uh, it, they'll submit you to, um, over a hundred places and they have a control that will make everything consistent. 
Then there's Moz Local. Moz Locals is a really great resource. Uh, besides Moz Local, you can uh, use WhiteSpark. WhiteSpark's another good one. And then Bright Local. And again, those are the four places that just, I, look, there's more than that, but those sure, are just sure. off the top Some of my examples, head. So right. If you went and Googled Yext or Moz Local or WhiteSpark or Bright Local, you'll find exactly the tool that you need. Mm -hmm. I promise. Um, the other, the other piece is, is that if you just really need traffic to your website, because you're really hoping to accomplish something, whatever that accomplishment is, you can always do paid promotions. So paid in this case could be, uh, you can do paid campaigns in YouTube. You can do paid, uh, social media campaigns. And I, in this case, I think our, I would argue that YouTube is a, is a social media platform, uh, in a way, right? It's also mm -hmm. a video platform, a media platform, mm -hmm. but, uh, but the one that everybody always thinks of is Google, Google ads, pay-per-click. Um, that's an easy way to get those people. And one of the things about pay-per-click that's awesome is that, uh, the people who tend to click on the, the sponsored ads in Google are already in that buyer mentality. They've already yeah. done the research. They're just looking for a quick answer to make the decision, whether it's on your service or a product that you're selling. And then, uh, and then social media, you can do paid ads in social media and, and just as a quick update for those who haven't watched in the past episodes, you should, <laughs> uh, the, mm -hmm. the top four social media, um, networks that have the most amount of traffic and the most amount of attention right now that by and large dominate everybody's focus is Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. And so you want to create information or do sponsored listings. Those are the places where you're going to get the most amount of traction right now. And uh, if you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, he will tell you that paying for advertising in TikTok is cheaper than it should be right now. It's an amazing value. Um, so take that for what it's worth. And then the very last thing I would talk about is there is, uh, there's a concept that was uh, brought up. I think first and foremost, I remember it from Rand Fishkin, kind of an old school evangelist in, uh, in search marketing. And he's still around. He just, uh, is in a different position and, and, and a little bit less in the limelight, but he talked about the idea that you should spend the first six months to 12 months of any marketing venture you're doing strictly focusing on brand. Don't, don't try and optimize for your services. Don't try and optimize for your products. Spend all your time on brand. And uh, again, it depends on what your goals are, but different ways of making brand happen can be through content you produce. It could be through links. Definitely, definitely works in social media. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe in this case, email is a really great way to help draw attention and traffic and to help build your brand. So, uh, man, we talked about it. I talked about a lot of things right there. I hope that wasn't all too confusing. No, good stuff. Thank you for that. That's good. Well, you, uh, you covered a lot of really cool and really important things. One, one thing that I, I might, I might just add, and you touched based on it is, is wherever your dream customer, wherever their attention is, that's where you frankly need to be advertising. So if they aren't even on social media, but they're all over email, well, obviously you should be using email a lot. But if they're not on email and if they are um, not really on social media, but they spend a lot of time in forums and, and on YouTube, well, you need to be in those forums and on YouTube, et cetera. So the point of the matter is, is you have to be wherever your dream customer's attention is. And if you do a good job there, you know, tra getting traffic to your website is a natural byproduct of that. So that's awesome. Thank you, Alex. Great question uh, coming from Tampa Bay, Florida. Next 
question that we want to explore uh, with some of the time that we have left, uh, left comes from Sarah. She works at a CPA firm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, it was in Baton Rouge that I had my first round of fried alligator, probably about at this point, almost 15 years ago. Had some yeah. fried, fried alligator. It was, uh, it, was, it was pretty good in Baton Rouge. Okay, so Sarah asks, how can I decrease my advertising costs? So if somebody is marketing and promoting their business online, could be through Google, could be through social media, could be on YouTube or you know whatever the case might be, there's usually some sort of a cost associated with that. Um, so ad, money that they spend on ads. So how, what, what are some strategies that you've learned to decrease those costs? What do you think? Well, um, I think that you have to specify and quantify because I would argue that, uh, costs are in relation to return. Okay. Um, I, or, or maybe there's something else that, that you might be referencing Sarah, but be, because I would argue that, um, you know, if you're in a CPA firm, for example, and your services cost to your clients, maybe it's $10,000 for the year for your expertise because you're probably pretty good at it, right? Nobody wants to do accounting. <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> but uh, let's say, let's say that you, you charge $10,000. And so out of that $10,000, you know, maybe it costs you a couple hundred dollars to acquire a client, but you're saying, Hey, I'm spending $10,000 and, uh, and I'm getting a $10,000 client that doesn't make a lot of sense. But what if you're spending 10,000 and you get a handful of clients, 10,000 might seem like a lot or a little when you're talking about what the comparison is. It is relative. It is relative. And that's what I was trying to think of. Thank you, Terry. And, uh, and, and you know, we've had this conversation with, uh, lots of people in the past. What if I told you, uh, Sarah or Terry <laughs> that, Hey, advertising costs are, uh, are 50 grand. Just write me a check for 50 grand and, and we'll be in good shape. I'll bring you back some clients. You'd think to yourself, it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's a lot of money, but, uh, you'd have a hard time justifying or that that's, that's big. But what if I said, Hey, you hand me that check for 50,000 and I'll bring you back a check for 350,000. Well, then you get kind of excited and you yes. go, well, how many times can I do that? <laughs> so how many more checks can I write? Like, <laughs> right. So. So first of all, it's all relative, but, but to answer your question, I think what you're looking at Sarah is, um, you know, we, we get into situations where people are trying to justify as a digital marketing agency, well, what are your fees for your services? And then how do we know what we're getting back from that? And, oh my gosh, you guys are really cheap or you guys are really expensive, right? It's relative depending on what kind of return we get. And, uh, and, and so the answer is, is that a lot of times people are looking for a more effective way. I wouldn't say to reduce the cost of, of, uh, their advertising, just better return. I think better return. Right. So, so if we clarify that, um, there are a lot of things that, that come into this, but I would say unequivocally and my team knows I've talked about this many times over in the last few weeks, but we have talked pretty heavily the last a couple of months about segmenting and segmenting goes across all areas of business. What I, what we have found is that people are, uh, who are less efficient or less effective on their return on investment, uh, are making some very broad assumptions or they're grouping so many things together that some things are working and some things are not. And because it's not segmented well enough, 
We don't know what those things are necessarily. And so as we break them apart, we can see where costs are going or what is returning the, the, the revenue based on where are you spending your energy or time? So we could be producing a ton of content around accounting and CPA services and uh, financial bookkeeping and things like that. But maybe that's not where your clients are coming from. Maybe they're coming from the fact that you gave a, a, a QuickBooks tip or something like that, or I don't know. I'm just right, pulling right. stuff out, trying to, trying to uh, talk about it. But segmenting means that you can better control what you're producing and better track what is coming back. And as you're controlling, uh, uh, the pieces, you can also control your audiences. So, you know, we've talked about this several times, I think in a few of our episodes, about 20% of your, of your audience brings in 80% of your revenue and everyone goes, well, I don't want to miss out on anybody. So let me do what I can to address everybody. And I would argue that if you knew what we go back to the first question, what it is you want to accomplish very specifically, if it's to increase your revenue, then find out who it is that's spending that revenue and let's target those people. But you're going to do that from very specific segmenting. And uh, let me just give you an, a quick example of segmenting in Google ads. This is really common where people will create a campaign and it'll be like a, a search campaign. And in that search campaign, they'll have 10 or 15 different ad groups in that search campaign. Um, that's not very segmented and the ad groups could be anything from a brand to a service, to a particular type of service, to a product, uh, any, any number of things. But how do you know which keywords in those ad groups are pulling in the revenue and which aren't? And I know that you can track conversions, but some of those keywords are hogging budget and some of them need more and don't get enough because those ones that may need more are the ones that are actually converting versus the ones that are just getting clicks and having all of those ad groups together in that one campaign, what defines a campaign is your daily ad spend budget. So you're giving those ad groups all one budget to split. And I would argue that instead of having 10 or 15 ad groups in one campaign, what if you had 10 or 15 campaigns that each had one ad group? And you could control the budget for each ad group and you could see what is performing. And as you might see that certain services are just spending money, but you're not getting a return on investment, you're not getting conversions, but other ones are, are running out of budget and you're getting conversions. You can shift money in any which way you want to make it so that you can fund the things that are returning the results. That's an effective way to, uh, to segment. I think that brings up the, an important point. I think a very fast way to decrease the cost of your advertising is to stop spending money on things that are not working. Yes. I, I find out what's working and spend more money on that. It goes right to your point. So oftentimes people just don't know what's working and what's not. So hence, hence the segmentation and increasing your ability to uh, see and manage your costs a little bit better. So great point. So, and I'll just, I'll just hit this again, tracking matters. Yeah. Right. Uh, there was a funny analogy that someone told me years ago that said not having tracking on your marketing campaign is like a guy that's winking at a girl in the dark. Nobody knows what's going on except for the guy that's doing the winking. Right. <laughs> True. So, so if you want to click those lights on and know what's going on, you got to have tracking in place, Google analytics, yep. conversion tracking, can, uh, various pieces that can really help you. But, um, the other, the other thing is, is, uh, once you control your, once you're segmenting 
and, and segmenting again goes beyond just Google ads. It's, uh, you can do segmenting in videos. You create a video for a very specific purpose. Uh, if you're a CPA, maybe there is a particular type of CPA art. Maybe you really want to target, well, let's see, you're in Baton, Baton Rouge, maybe oil companies, maybe fishing companies, mm-hmm. uh, shrimping companies, right? I don't know, but you could create content around those specific pieces rather than just generic yep. CPA content. So you could become a specialist that's segmenting in your videos. You could do segmenting in the content you create for your website. You could be segmenting in how your social media posts or your social ads are targeting. So, so consider that as you can, as you segment better, you can control the budget. You can also better control the backside, what everybody wants. That's the conversions. So when you're, when you're segmenting, you have a better control of your conversions. Okay. So segmenting is one point. I think there's one that's kind of an older concept, but so powerful and everybody always forgets about it. Everybody is so concerned with getting traffic. Everybody is so concerned with getting clicks and getting that engagement. And I'd argue that those that's 50% of the battle is being disruptive or informative, whatever you could do to get attention. But everybody, everybody forgets about the backside. The backside is okay. Now you've earned that attention. Now what? So what happens? What, what, where did we take them to? Did we solve their intent of what they were trying to accomplish by clicking? Did we, are we offering them a free product? So then they click, are we giving them that free product? Are we solving or answering a question? Whatever the case may be, don't forget what happens on the back end. So everybody always forgets that. So in Google ads management, everyone's so concerned about, well, what are my costs per click or what's my impression share or what, what, what's my, what's my conversion rate. And those things are important pieces, but not as important as did you actually get the the goal accomplished when you took them to your website or to your landing page or to your contact form? Did they fill it out? And if not, then there's something that's missing. Right. So you need to make sure that you're con- comparing on what on the back end is that you're missing. Um, conversion optimization is a fantastic way to de- decrease your advertising costs. The idea behind conversion optimization, Terry, is, is that um, somebody did not complete the call to action, whatever it is you wanted them to do very simply because they had some objection. We don't know what that is, but I mean, you can find out there are ways to overcome those objections. So conversion optimization is, is a series of, uh, testing and questioning. And there's certain software that can really make this easy for you. Uh, hot jars, a really fantastic one. There's, uh, optimizely Google, uh, optimizers, uh, crazy egg. There's all different kinds of software programs you can employ to help you with conversion optimization. But what is it that's keeping people from that, that action? Is it that they are looking for a phone number? Can't find it. Is it they're looking for that button that says book now or contact me or call now? Is it hard to find it? Um, could your prices be too high, right? There's so many different variables. If you work on op- conversion optimization, I would argue that you don't have to bring nearly as many people to your website if a higher percentage of them converted, right? So the, there's several ways to measure it. You can bring more traffic or you can just convert a higher percentage of the traffic you already have. And then there is even a step just above that. So conversion optimization, fantastic concept. And we can talk more about that in future episodes. But then there's a concept beyond conversion optimization called conversion value maximization. So of those people who are already converting, let's say you're selling a product and your product is 50 bucks. And so your average 
sale on your website is 50 bucks. What if we offered them a few other pieces that turned it in so that instead of having them to try and re-earn that engagement or bring them back to your website again and again and again to buy more products, what if they got more products every time they made a purchase? So instead of having to try three times as hard to spend $150 on their transaction, what if we just got them to buy 150 bucks in that first transaction? So there's offers and values that can be given to make it so that the conversion that you get that you've already worked so hard for means more. It's more effective. Agreed. And then, uh, and then the, the last piece beyond that, I would say it's called like the, the fourth step here. So segmenting conversion optimization, conversion value maximization. And then the top one is increasing your uh, customer loyalty and repeat of transactions. Now that isn't for everybody. That isn't for everybody. But for a lot of people, uh, you know, they're selling some kind of a service or some kind of a product. How do we get them to continue to come back and feel like they've done a good job? Um, what are we incentivizing them with? And so you could spend the time and energy to get one purchase one time from somebody. But then if you know they come back and make four more purchases on average, how much more worth it is it to you? So anyways, those are, those are the kinds of things I think about when it's how do I decrease my advertising costs? How are we solving the, the search intent? How are we segmenting? How do we know what is and isn't working? Where to put our attention? Um, how are we improving our conversion optimization? How are we improving the value of each conversion? And then how are we improving the loyalty and the repeat rate of our purchases? I love that. Uh, it kind of goes back to just um, expenses versus revenue. Uh, you can either decrease your expenses and improve your profit margin, or you can actually put effort and energy into increasing your revenue by just getting more people to buy from you or getting more people, the people who buy from you, getting them to spend more dollars with you on that first transaction right. or getting the people that buy from you to come back and buy from you again and again and again. And so some great, great advice on, uh, on how to increase. Yeah, revenue well, and there's, there. and there's a lot to unpack from that. So that's just a real brief summary. We could spend all day. Oh yeah. <laughs> you betcha. Well, we've only got two or three minutes left before our time runs out real quick. Uh, Nate, uh, usually there are a couple of big insights or things that, uh, have, have come across your mind during the course of the week, as you've been talking with clients, with employees, with business partners, et cetera. What's, what's kind of the big thought that's, that you've been thinking about this week that you want to leave our audience with? You know, I, um, it's not a lesson we've learned. I, I, it is, it's a lesson we've learned, but it's not a new thing. Let's put it that way. But there are things that come up that we're constantly reminded of. And in the last week, there's been a handful of new, well, I, sh I shouldn't say launched in the last week, launched prior, but in the last week, things were manifest to us that with all things remaining equal, hosting, um, content, uh, any, any energies and efforts, the only factor that changed was an updated website. And we've been able to triple and quadruple some of the revenue produced by some websites simply because the new design or the new website was laid out a little bit better. And it was viewed maybe as a little bit more of a quality, uh, a quality presentation, right? So we know that one of the factors that, uh, search engines and social media platforms and other uh, tracking and software companies use is behavior analytics, right? So we, we track on like, what are the, what's the time on your website? Uh, how many pages were visited during that time and how long, uh, or excuse me, did, was there a bounce rate uh, that was very high? And with certain pages, it's going to vary and change. 
if we can improve just those statistics alone, the, the fact that someone will convert more often with less energy, uh, across the board, it happens every time. So the, the lesson that I was reminded of that I am learning again and again, right? Cause I always forget these things. No, I don't forget them. I just, it's just <laughs> good reminders. I always remind it, but the quality of your website dramatically. And I mean, I can't understate that dramatically impacts the return on your investment. And so if you have, I would argue very simply that if you have a kind of a lower quality website, something that's real thin in content that isn't been designed or maybe, uh, well, or maybe it has thin, uh, information, very few pictures, maybe it's still written completely in HTML. Maybe it's not mobile friendly, any of those factors. I would argue that you will also have a lower quality of a conversion and a lower quality of, uh, revenue, uh, or customers or clients or patients that come from that as a direct result of what they think about your website. Mm. And, uh, so there are, there are a couple of things I think that you need to pay attention to. One is, is when you're considering how you're doing, compare it to your competitors. Now they may not be doing well, and maybe you're the guy that's killing it. Check that one off. But if not compare and say, what is it that these guys are doing? Well, and, step and, it up. Yeah. Yeah. So ask yourself, what is it specifically that you're presenting? What are you presenting? Does it make sense? How do you know? Are you looking from inside the picture? Why don't you ask a handful of your friends, get a survey, figure out what it is that they, uh, that they all say good, bad, or indifferent, and don't be hurt by the, the results they say. Cause hopefully they speak honest, like, well, this is kind of dumb or this is <laughs> not as good as it could be. Uh, but, but then the follow-up question is to what you're presenting is, does it help? Does it solve your searcher? What it is that they're looking for? Does it solve answering their question? Does it solve their education needs? Does it solve their buying needs? Are they learning more about the services you offer? Uh, you know, we've, we're working on a heart doctor, for example, and then this heart doctor is working on, uh, AFib. He's, he's an AFib specialist and it, it's a big education piece. Do people know that they have AFib? Is it a concern? What is it they're scared of? What are the solutions and does it have to be surgery or does it, or, or are there better lifestyle things that you can do to change it on your own? Do you need a consultation with the doctor? Do you have to spend a couple hundred bucks on pills? What, what, whatever the case may be. And we found that there's lot, there's, there's different ways that people want these questions answered. And so as we've improved a, the information that's available and B answer the questions that they want, the conversions are going up. It's fantastic. So how does it solve the problem? How does it solve the problem? You just need to answer that. And then, um, and then if you want kind of like a little tidbit, I think that a lot of people miss that's kind of been big this week is what are you doing to facilitate or be a part of? communities in social media. There are communities based around accounting. There's communities based around heart doctors. There's, uh, right. I, I'm not a part of those communities, <laughs> but I know that they exist. Uh, or maybe you're into, uh, street racing, or maybe you're into funny memes. There's, there's all these communities. Communities are pretty loyal people that you already know. That's a, such a targeted audience. You already know their interests. All you have to do is just ask them and, and participate in the communities. So maybe take that as your hack for the week, participate in social media communities, go find them and then participate.
That's great. Well, if you've got questions in your business throughout the course of your week, if you uh, run into those, feel free to post your comments, post your questions down below, uh, whether it's here on YouTube or on our podcast, or uh, you're welcome to uh, send us an email as well. But post your questions down below. We use your your comments and your questions as the as the core focus of our content and our the things that we discuss each and every single week here on Marketing of the Minds. Nate, thank you so much for your uh, time. Great to be with you as always. We appreciate you guys. Keep up the good work and And uh, we'll see you right back here once again next time on Marketing of the Minds. Take care, guys. Thanks again. Hey, everybody, this is Terry again. Really quick, I wanted to remind you that it's time for your annual marketing health checkup. Now, regardless if you are currently doing no marketing, some marketing, or tons of marketing, it's time to evaluate how effective your marketing is and what can be done to improve your profit margins and results. Now, the good news is this marketing evaluation is 100% free for our faithful podcast listeners. All you have to do is visit arcanemarketing.com forward slash free to schedule your free marketing evaluation. Uh, Again, that's arcanemarketing.com forward slash free. Go there right now and plug in your information and one of our digital marketing experts will be in contact with you right away. Start seeing a better return on your marketing dollars and better results in just a few weeks. It all starts with evaluating your current marketing and sharing with you the things that will help your business grow. Visit arcanemarketing.com forward slash free and we look forward to serving you soon.